may be seated just for a moment. It's good to be home. Amen. It's good to see all of you here tonight. Amen. Appreciate your prayers over the last few weeks of traveling. And it's good to have uh, my wife with us tonight. Amen. Good to have her in Tupelo, Mississippi. She woke up for the first day as a resident of Mississippi. Amen. So she's well on her way of becoming a country lady. No. They say you can take the boy out of a country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Well, I think it probably goes the same way. You can take the girl out of the city. You can't take the city out of the girl. Amen. It's such an honor to have her and appreciate her so much. And I thank God for her. Amen. I've heard great reports since I've been gone of some incredible services. But the Scully, I've just heard continuous, numerous reports of what a message that was. And I thank God for that. All the messages. I heard that Brother Hood preached 20 minutes. And then I listened to Brother Shannon last week. I was able to get in just as he took the pulpit. And Sister Lorian sent me a link. And I was able to watch. And I don't know if he quite made it to 20 minutes. But it was all great. I'm telling you what a great message. I thank God for people who can continue to care of the church and step up, pour a lot into it. Amen. It's I don't want to ever take that for granted nor lightly, and I don't want us to as a body. Uh, please commend these brethren, all of those who have been doing things to keep us going in the right direction, but been given extra attention and time and effort uh, in my absence, and I appreciate that very, very much. But I am not going to guarantee this Wednesday night is going to be a repeat, repeat of the past two Wednesday nights. Some people will call it a preacher's itch. I just call it Brother Robbins' 42 minutes. Amen. So just prepare for that. If I go a little bit further than 42, that's the preacher's itch. If I go less than 42, that's mercy. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles as you stand. It's so good to have Sister Betsy tonight. Appreciate her for being with us all the way from Virginia, here with the Tucker family. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you tonight. Praise God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. Amen. I encourage you. I know we have the scriptures on the screen, but I encourage you to bring your Bible. Amen. There's something wonderful about bringing our Bibles, opening that Bible up and reading off the pages and uh, I know when I go to conferences, I probably don't always carry my Bible. I'm guilty because I know they're going to have it on the screen. But then I feel guilty once I get there because I don't have my hard copy of my Bible. Amen. Everybody say, I love my Bible. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Everybody say mighty. But mighty through God 
to the pulling down of, everybody say, strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Lord, we're grateful and thankful tonight for this church, for this wonderful people. Thank you for the opportunity tonight to meet once again. God, to be in your presence, to have God different ministries for youth and children going on across the campus. We thank you for everyone who are pouring themselves into these ministries. And God, just thank you for this service. Thank you for the word you've given us. Help me tonight to deliver your word. I need your anointing, Lord. God, and help us receive it, Lord, and let revelation and faith come and understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. I want to continue to pray for Brother Carl Shepherd. He's here tonight. I know he's in quite a bit of pain dealing with more infections. I just believe, I just really ask the Lord to touch him and uh, take this. He's went through enough. And and I know God's able. And I want us to just bind together and believe the Lord to stop this and, and his tracks. Amen. Tonight's going to be a little different subject, a subject that we probably, uh, no doubt, we don't cover it enough. And it's often one of the most misunderstood subjects in the Bible. And so I'm going to I'm going to teach on that tonight and hopefully bring some understanding and take away some of the misunderstanding about this. And often people have a wrong perspective of it, but it's called spiritual warfare. Everybody say spiritual warfare. Now that scares some people because some people have this perception that spiritual warfare is only done by the super spiritual elite. And that it's done only in an intense fashion. While that is inclusive, it's not exclusive. Amen. There are people who are greatly spiritual, who know and are experienced in deep warfare. But that does not exclude everyone else. Amen. You may say, well, I am that deep spiritual person. No. But this is something that we all get to participate in. And I'll go a little further. Not that we get to, but that we need to. And we need to be intentional about it. So I want to take away some of the wrong perceptions about spiritual warfare where we can all engage into it. Amen. We can all get involved and participate and see the advantages of spiritual warfare. Some people have this ideal that they're afraid of spiritual warfare. Because they're afraid that it's going to put uh, a bullseye on their life. And now that they've stirred up the devil, that the devil's going to come against them and attack them. Can I tell you, you're already a target. You're already a major target of the devil because you're a child of God. And you're striving to live for God and do what's right. You want to make it to heaven. You want to be a good Christian. You want to influence other people to live for God. So you are a target. Don't feel like 
well, I'll leave him alone, he'll leave me alone. No, no, he's not going to leave us alone. And so we don't want to tiptoe to the tulips, but we do want to understand that the adversary is already attacking our lives. We're already living under the pressures that are brought on by him. But we don't have to sit back and allow it to happen. Hello? We don't have to just take it and feel like we can't oppose that or combat that. That just because you don't feel like you're that spiritual person at a, at a level that you can go into warfare or that you may be afraid of it or may not understand it, tonight's lesson is just for that, that it's really warfare made simple. Hello? So tonight's lesson title is this, Unleashing the Power of God's Mighty Weapons. And so if I can just relay it like this. If you were being attacked or your home was being attacked and there were people breaking in and robbing it, putting your family at, at, at harm's way and threatening your lives and livelihood and your possessions uh, and endangering your children, your spouses, and, and you just had all kind of great weapons in the house. And you never picked them up. You just let them. Well, I'm just, we're, we're just going to hide tonight, kids. We know they're coming. I know that's far-fetched. Nobody would even consider doing that. We're going to grab those weapons, and we're going to let them know, hey, wait a minute, this is a guard at home. Y'all all right? And it, we're going to protect what's ours, and especially our family, because our families have mean they're, they're, they're the most important thing in our life. And so we would never think of having all this weaponry in our home and, and enemies coming and breaking in and causing damage and threat and not utilizing those weapons. Amen. I mean, those weapons have the power to run them out of the yard, off the property. To let them give them a message. Don't come meddling at this house. We're armed. We have Acts 2.38. Amen. I know you've probably heard the story about the the lady that, you know, the guy broke in her house, and when the cops got there, he was scared to death out in the yard. They called him, and they said, man, it's just a little old lady. What, what got you so scared? He said, she said she had an axe and two thirty-eights. She's a bad lady. But we wouldn't even hear of that. But yet spiritually, hello, somebody, we'll let that very thing happen in the spiritual world, attacking our families, attacking our homes, attacking what's most important to us, and there's weapons that God has given us. And we can leave them put up, untouched, and never pull from the weapons that God has provided that we can combat the enemy. We can send him that message. We're not going to sit back and let you take our families. We're not going to sit back and let you take our homes. We're not going to sit back and let you have rule over our church, over our city, and over our neighbors. Praise God. But there's weapons. And so tonight, that's what I want to talk about is those weapons because if we unleash them, that you come up to my house and I had a bad pit bull or Doberman or whatever, and I unleash that dog. Now, I got a lot of folks come to our house, the UPS man and all those, especially the Tom Bigby guy. 
He's scared to death of those dogs. They, all they're going to do is want to lick him. But if you had a bad dog and you unleashed him, somebody's getting out of Dodge. Well, we've got these weapons, but they're, they're leashed. But if we unleash those, those weapons, Brother McGill, it unleashes the power of, uh, of God's mighty weapon. Praise God. We have. Everybody say, we have those. We have access to those. I've already gone about, we're not going to talk about how long we've gone. I didn't look, so it doesn't matter. Right now is when we start counting. All right? Clap your hands to the Lord Jesus. Spiritual warfare is a part of our life, whether we like it, understand it, or afraid of it. It's there. It really is. It's there. And so we need to understand God's given us some things. So let's look at the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, where it says, For we wrestle not war, fight, struggle, not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, that's governing bodies, amen, against powers. It's a real power. It's a real devil. It's a real battle against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Everybody say wickedness in high places. Now, I'm sure you understand this, but just in case you didn't, those things are over this city. They're there. The devil's imps are all around us. The things listed in the scripture are operating in this city tonight. Often we can go and not really recognize it. What's going on in our homes? Why there's tension? Why is there friction? Why is these things going on in our families? Why are we struggling with our children, our marriage, or and various things? And we just want to blame it on certain factions of life, but we've got to realize there's a spirit world that wants to disrupt God's people. It wants to disrupt marriages. It wants to rob our teenagers. And I could go on. Time wouldn't allow me to do that. But let's look at it. There's principalities. There's powers. There's rulers of darkness of this world. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. We're already wrestling with these things. But we don't always recognize that that's what's the cause. But it is the cause. Hello? And so tonight's purpose of this lesson is to have understanding that we can reach over and I'll just use this term for lack of a better term, and grab the 44 magnum of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Grab the AK-47 of the Spirit, if you will. And we can put some of this stuff, we can put these things out. We can send that message, praise God. We don't need to sit back and let the devil have a heyday with our lives and our families when there's weaponry that we have from God to utilize. But I want to make it simple tonight. Uh, I want to remind us of these scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare, if I say our warfare, they're not carnal. You're not going to fight the devil with flesh. You may fight somebody else that way. But you're not going to fight the enemy that way. Our, our minds are not going to outsmart the devil. And too many people have tried that. Outfox him. No, we're not going to do that. 
but we're, our weapons are not carnal, but watch what it says, but mighty. I like the sound of that. Don't feel weak. Don't feel like you can't stand against the devil. But our weapons are mighty. Not in our ability, not in our knowledge, not in our intellect, not in our experiences, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody says, we have weapons. I want you to go out of here tonight. And before the night's up, you make and use a weapon, and most likely you're going to be able to do that. Tomorrow when you go into your day and go into the whatever activities you have on your agenda, you're going to be able to use weapons that are going to help you be a victor- more victorious, to live more victorious, and to get the devil off of your back. Hello, somebody. How many of you are tired of the devil on your back? on your children's back, on your young people's back. Come on, somebody. Meddling with your marriage, causing confusion and chaos and friction. Oh, hallelujah. Now, here's a scripture we use often, but we don't include it in this perspective. It says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, that can cover that does cover a broad area but we need to realize this also covers spiritual warfare because god is able the power he's given us that we're able to do beyond anything we cannot just from an offensive take but from a defensive take also not just from a miraculous point but there's nothing the devil can throw at us that god's power is not able to defeat it Oh, praise God. Nothing. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, if we let it, we let it. It's on us. But we've got shield of faith. We've got an armor that we can use. So those weapons cannot prosper against us. And they are out there. It comes at us every single day. Amen. Everybody say power against the enemy. Now, let me go to the next area. Just, these are just reminding us of scriptures that we need to just take a hold of. And wait a minute, let me use this. How much of the word that we don't even really use? It's there. The promises of God are yea and amen. How much of the word is there that we don't even utilize? We never activate it. Never engage into it. We just allow it to set there unleashed. Why don't we go and unleash that word and release it and let it go to work in our life? Because the word of God will not return void. It will be productive. It will accomplish what God has set it to do. It will fulfill its purpose. Oh, hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19, he said, and this is one of the most quoted Misquoted scriptures in the Bible. Hello, somebody. In fact, I'll go at it like this, and this is how it's quoted. And I will give unto these the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And that's not what it says. And there's a difference in that one word. To is not there. Of is there. Has a whole different meaning. Amen. The keys of the kingdom, those keys mean authority. And so he said, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
now that you have authority of heaven, then whatever you bind on the earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth is going to be loosed in heaven. That has a lot deeper, more powerful meaning and a purpose that makes sense to us because God has given us the authority of heaven. And the Bible says all power in heaven and earth belongs to God. And he has just gave us access to all power. But we have to utilize it. We have to access it. We have to unleash it. Say, I believe this word. Hello? Now watch this. It says, we have the power of the keys of the kingdom, which is the authority. Amen? But what if we don't exercise it? Hello? It's just there. It's available. Let me give an example. Because this is so simple. You need to use it every single day of your life. Amen. I don't wake up going, okay, I need to use that today. It's just a natural thing that happens in, in my life in this one particular set of scriptures is what I'm talking about. If Have you ever been praying and it seems like your prayers are just not even getting past the back of the chair? Huh? You ever just pray and it's it just like it's flat as a pancake? You're, you're not getting through. It's like something is there, an unseen shield and wall that you can't break through that. And it's trying to just, just stop your prayer. You know what I do when I get there? I use this scripture. And I begin to bind everything that is opposing my prayer life. I begin to take authority, in, not in my name, not in my ability, not my authority, but that keys of the kingdom. I begin to take that authority and I utilize in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, to bind whatever it is that's trying to bind me and to loosen what is trying to bind, praise God. And every single time it lifts. I don't know how many times, I'm, and, and again, it's not about me. I'm just giving this example where we were in a service throughout the years of pastoring, and it would be kind of dead. You know, they're trying, they're singing, they're trying to promote worship, and everybody's just dead. I mean, the service. And don't think it's just because we're not just feeling good. Okay? Don't feel like it's just not our favorite song, because that shouldn't be the what warrants our worship. He is what warrants our worship and motivates that. And so we're, we're just saying, you know, it's just one of those services. No, 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 no. It's one of those services the devil's trying to take over. He's trying to rob what God's wanting to do. And so what happens at that point, once I pick up on I'm not sounding super spiritual, but I've just seen it too many times, I begin to take authority in the name of Jesus Christ over everything that is coming against that service and every person, and I've never seen it not happen, that it lifts like a fog that has settled in, and it goes, and the Spirit of God begins to move, praise God. Hello, somebody. And without a question, God is doing something great, and that's why the devil is trying to interrupt and interfere with it. But things like that happen in our lives. You may say, you know, man, I'm having a bad day. I got a bad attitude, and it's a bad hair day, and everybody's getting on my nerves, and I want to bite everybody's head off or whatever. I couldn't pray this morning. I couldn't read my Bible this morning. Guess what? The devil just showed up at your house. He's trying to mess up your day. 
There's no telling what God has for you on this particular day. So don't just sit there with your weapons sitting in a shelf, sitting in these folded pages of this holy word, but begin to quote those scriptures and begin to speak them and say, I bind it in the name of Jesus by the authority given to me of heaven. I take authority right now over everything that opposes what God wants to do. And then the Bible says, loose. Whatsoever things we loose. So, okay. I, I prayed that prayer many times. Lord, loose the Holy Ghost. Loose the liberty of the Spirit. Loose the Spirit of conviction. Loose the Spirit of faith. But think about it. How can you loose anything that wasn't bound? Hello? He didn't say, just, oh, I give you the keys of the windows of heaven to release it. He said to bind and to loose. So what we're here to do is to bind the devil. It don't have to be in a church service. It could be in your home. It could be on your job. It could be against anything that you pick up that this don't look right. This looks like something opposing God in my life. And I don't have to sit back and watch it happen. Whether it's my health, whether it's whatever it is, we can take authority in the name of Jesus and then we can begin to lose. Wait a minute. My prayer life hasn't been where it needs to be or my faith hasn't been where it needs to be or whatever's going on. You just can pick up on it. All of a sudden in the name of the Lord begin to loosen that and the devil's got to let go of the bind that he has on it. He's got to let go of the hold that he has on it. Why? Because the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Take those weapons out of these pages and put them to work. That's why God gave them to us. He didn't give them to us to just preach about and brag about. He gave it to us to utilize that will help us be victorious. Everybody say victorious. Well, praise the Lord. I'm only 13 minutes since the last time I looked at the clock. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. How many of you want to take the keys of the kingdom? Hello? Now, wait a minute. I don't want to walk around with them in my pocket or in my heart or in my Bible. But they've been given. When you got the Holy Ghost, he's gave us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you need, whatever the devil's trying to do, whatever you need to operate in, the keys of the kingdom are ours. It's in the name of Jesus. Well, praise God. I hope you use it tonight. I hope you use it tomorrow. I hope you use it every day. Let me go a little further. Let's look at another verse that's very important. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Everybody say, oh, the devil's, he's powerful. He's big and bad. Don't want to fool with the devil. Now, let me get something straight. I don't go chasing devils. I'm not going to give them that much attention. Now, I've ran across a lot of, or I won't say a lot, some preachers and people, they just, Man, they had more devil encounters than anybody ever heard. And they was always, they could walk in a store and smell that devil. No, I smell that fried chicken, though. Folks, I don't smell devils. Now, maybe I'm just not spiritual enough. But I don't walk around looking for them. Now, I have felt some spirits before. But I can tell when something's off. Hello? You tell when something, you ain't got to be real spiritual to tell that. 
You tell when there's a resistance force. You tell when something's messing with things in your family and things are not right and the attitudes are not right. And I won't just list the things, but that's when we know there's a devil messing up here. Hello? Don't go chasing devils or looking for devils, but don't you back up from a devil. Hello, don't back up from the demons out of hell. Don't you sit back and allow them to have liberty in your life when this Bible has given us its word that we can unleash the mighty weapons of God and the devil cannot stand. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Everybody say they're mighty weapons. They're mighty weapons through God. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon surface. Now, I ain't going around stepping on no snake boy. But I will stomp on the devil's head. Now, you can go back and look into this theologically and dig it out. Come tell me what you found. But I don't believe this is just talking about a physical serpent or scorpion. I think it can be inclusive if one bites you. Kind of like Paul. Paul didn't deal with devils. I mean, he dealt with them, but he didn't let them mess with him. He got bit by the viper at the Isle of Melita, and he didn't go, Oh, God, I got those the devils on my back. The devil's always, he won't leave me alone. He done bit me, and I done got us through this storm, and God did great things. He didn't do that. You know what he did, Brother Harrison? He shook it off. Remember when I preached about 15 years ago? Ain't nobody got time for that. Y'all remember when P. Brown said that? Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what Paul was saying. Devil, I ain't got time for you. I'm not going to give you attention. I'm not going to increase your so-called power that you think of. So Paul just shook it off and kept on. I tell you what, can I say this in the Holy Ghost tonight? There's some things we need to just shake off. We need to shake off what the devil's trying to put in our mind. We need to shake off what he's trying to convince us of. We need to shake off his little attacks that he's trying to show up in our lives. What about when Nehemiah, when they were there to build the wall, the first thing they said, oh, these Sambalat, Tobiah, and all those guys, they said, oh, this, this ain't going to do nothing. The foxes can break through. Nehemiah just shook it off. Woo! Hello, somebody. Are you tired of fighting hell? Then don't let every little imp that wants to land on your shoulder have a place to land, but shake it off and say, devil, it ain't your day today. It ain't going to happen today. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. I'm preaching to all of us. But let's don't give the devil a place in our life. The Bible says give no place to the devil. Don't give him a place. It says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And watch this. I love this. I like to remind the devil of it. And watch this. And over all the power of the enemy. I don't care how much power the enemy's got. God gave you, one individual person, more power than all the power of the enemy, all that he could come up with at one time. Just one child, Holy Ghost filled child of God has got more power. You know why you got more power? Not because you are our great, because it's his power. And his power is beyond any of the power of hell. Woo, glory to God. 
Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. That's a lot of power. Everybody said, that's a lot of power. We got power that over all the power of the enemy. And he's really not that bad. He just wants to be bad. Let's look at it again as I reach toward a close. Amen. Let's get your hopes up. We war. Everybody say, we do war. We wrestle. It's really there. Don't, don't. Don't think that it's not. It's happened to you today. You may have realized it, picked up on it, and you may not have. We need to pray, God, help me be sensitive to when the devil's meddling around my place. When he's meddling with my children. I'm going to tell you what. Hear me, hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. This is why so many teens get messed up. It's because the devil's messing with them. The parents don't know what's going on. And I know they can hide stuff, and I know there's all kind of special with internet. My Lord, how mercy the most dangerous thing ever happened on the planet is internet and things that can come into people's lives, and parents don't even know it. I read an article a few years ago about a prowler. He was just a few doors down. He might have been a few miles away. He was two doors down from their bedroom because he was coming through that internet. Hello? I'm not going to get into all of that. But what we need, we need a sensitivity to the Spirit to pick up when something ain't right with our children, when their behavior is not what it used to be. Come on, we were taught that about drugs, how to pick up when they're battling with drugs, when they're being bullied at school. We better start picking up on some things about our family and praying over them and say, Lord, give me wisdom and sensitivity that when the devil's messing with my family, with my children, help me be alerted. I can start binding something. In fact, you don't have to wait they get messed with. Just go ahead and pray over them and bind in the name of Jesus. You don't have to know something's going on at that point. Just cover them every day of their life. Pray over their lives. Pray over their minds. Pray over their spirits. Pray over their heart. Pray over their thought process. Cover them and bind everything the hell wants to do. And loosen faith. Loosen the desire to live for God. Loosen the liberty of the Holy Ghost in their lives. I'm telling you, it's real. Everybody say it's real. We have mighty weapons available. Everybody say we have mighty weapons. We have the keys of the kingdom that gives us authority to bind and loose. Don't you feel stronger already? Hello? Your arsenal's there. We have all we have power over all the power of the enemy, but we must unleash. These powers are these weapons. Now let's go into our scriptures text and come into a close in the next 30 minutes. Somewhere. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Now here's what I want to point to. To the pulling down of strongholds. Now, that's a good point. Everybody say strongholds. Do you know what a stronghold is? I know when somebody's got a stronghold. But what is the scripture speaking of when it talks about to the pulling down of strongholds? And I know it could and does probably include other areas, but when I Googled this and searched this out and studied it this afternoon, every single thing that I come up with 
He said the same main topic is in the mind. You see, every way the devil comes at us, he comes to this mind. That's why the next scripture, let's go to the next scripture, says this. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Everybody said the mind. We've heard it for years. The battle is in the mind. It comes, the thoughts come to our mind. David messed up and fell into sin with Bathsheba, adultery, and then had her husband murdered, and he was a man after God's own heart. What got him? The enemy couldn't get him to sin in many different ways. He's the king. He's a worshiper. But he got in his mind. And the Bible says at a time when kings go to war, David stayed at home. You know why David stayed at home? Because some thoughts had done got in his mind. He knew Bathsheba was on the rooftop. He knew what time she arrived every day. He knew exactly what was going on. And something had got in his mind, and the devil had got a stronghold on King David. And the next thing you know, at a time when he would normally go to war, he stays home. Why? Because he's thinking something in his mind. There's a stronghold that's going to lead him straight into adultery and murder. Hello? And so that's why the Scripture is teaching us here about the pulling down of strongholds. If the devil can get in our mind, what is a stronghold? Let me read, let me read this to you about a stronghold. If I, if I can find, I hope I put it in my notes, and I may not have. It's anything that, that the, the voice of the enemy, that we begin to believe it over the voice of God. That's a stronghold. Anytime we begin to give place and to give thought and to begin to receive and begin to engage into something that the devil has implanted into our minds, it is a stronghold that is designed to bind us and to guide us into sin and to destruction. Now, let me go a little further. A stronghold can be oppression. It can be depression. My wife and I, we're talking at dinner table one night, and we were talking about things that people battle and talking about um, uh, a session that <clears throat> we're going to have at camp meeting this year dealing with emotional wellness, healing from within. And because a lot of people deal with this stuff, this stuff's real. And that's why we're seeing people commit suicide. And we're seeing pastors and pastor's wife, and it's been hidden in the closet for too long. Hello? And people don't want to come out and get help because they feel like something's wrong with them. There's a stronghold going on. Hello? And so I, it popped in my mind. I never heard this, never read this. And I could be wrong, but I don't think so. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? We've always been stunned and, and wondering how did Elijah go from being a, such a great victory at Mount Carmel when he showed out 
and God showed out. And it's, this was this incredible, powerful, awesome victory where he mocked their gods, pre-adventure, you know, he's on vacation, whatever. And this fire came down and consumed this drenched, water-soaked altar because God was proving who was really God. Now, folks, he ought to have been walking in high cotton. He ought to have been, I'm telling you, he ought to have been ready to just I'm, be on fire, tackle any devil that come his way. One little note, one little message, remember how it came? From Jezebel put him into deep depression. He went from caramel, Mount Carmel victory to a point of wanting to die. I'm done. Just let me die. How do you get that? I thought, man, that is powerful. Just one little message sent him. And then it dawned on me while we were sitting there eating dinner that night. Well, wait a minute. Could it possibly be that Elijah dealt with depression? Hello? Could it possibly be that that was something he dealt with? And then I've heard stories from Brother Mark Morgan. It was on Facebook, so he wouldn't mind me saying it, how that God has used him greatly, but how he lived in depression until he went to the pulpit and go back to depression. Then I read the stories of Brother Billy Cole, one of the greatest men in Pentecost that we know of. God used him in phenomenal ways. And he would tell that when he wasn't preaching crusades or preaching in the pulpit, he would go into his home and go into deep depression. And he said, where exactly is that? I'm talking about strongholds. Hello? I remember Brother Louis Davis, a, 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 a man that I revere and respect, who pastored my home church for a few years, uh, one of the, a, a great man of God. And I, pre- I used to preach for him some in Grand Bay, Alabama. And he would say, Brother Robbins, I, it's been going on for over, I think he said at that time, 25 years, that every single Monday he has a migraine without fail. You think that's medical? I'm telling you, we need to pinpoint and say, wait just a minute. I'm not saying it's going to resolve every issue, but I'm telling you there's some things that God wants to take care of, and there's pulling down of strongholds, but we've got to reach and unleash the weaponry that God has given us and take authority over the enemy and bind the works of hell. Could we stand together? And we do not have to sit back and allow the adversary to run roughshod over our families, over our minds, over our walk with God because he's out. The thief cometh not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Oh, but can I tell you, the Lord came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody say, I want to unleash. I'm going to close with this. Next week we're going to have... Uh, part two of this, I don't know what I titled it, probably the, the spiritual warfare, the armor of God. We're going to talk about the whole armor of God. That's another area that we have available. But just because we have it don't mean we wear it. That armor is not going to help us in a closet. 
Come on. If we're all honest, there's too many times our armor's in that closet, and we're out here trying to make it through this world. Hello? But next we're going to talk about the armor of God, and we're going to get that armor back out. Amen. We're going to wear this armor. We're going to use the shield of faith. We're going to have the sword of the Spirit. Praise God. We've got to utilize it. That, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. And then we have on the whole armor. Everybody said the whole armor, not part of the armor. Come on, that's another area we struggle with. We may walk around with a helmet of salvation. We may uh, shod our feet. But we've we got to have on the complete armor of God. Oh, isn't the Lord good to us? And I close with this. We were eating lunch today and talking about it. The scripture I was sharing with her what I felt led to teach on. I didn't know I was going to be teaching until late last night when I, or, yeah, when I found out Brother Lee was sick. He was scheduled to teach. The Bible says there's life and death and the power of the tongue. And it's what we speak to people. Somebody can come by you and say something real good that makes her you feel better. You think more of yourself than you than you normally would. I, I'm just saying this is our humanity. It makes you think you're better than you really are. Uh, it's such a great way it could make you think like you're the greatest person on the planet. Then walk over here and make the next person feel the same way. Well, that's great. We should should want to make people feel better. Amen. Encourage them. That's the power of words. Amen. But then there's a flip side of that. We can really hurt somebody's feelings. We can bring an offense real easily to people. Just with one or two words. You know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words have never hurt me. That's a lie. Words are hurt you more than sticks and stones would ever think to hurt you. And so we have that, that we understand using our words to build up, or we can use our words to tear down. Right? That's why it says let our conversations uh, edify. Minister grace to the hearers, what the Scripture says. But I want to use this in closing. It's 758, in case you were wondering. I hadn't, you know, I, I didn't take it right at first. So I didn't, that's not 58 minutes. But let me say this. If the power of the spoken word is that effective, why can't we believe that it can put the devil on the run? Speak the word. Use this tongue. Use the power of our voice and bind the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee. I don't know about you, but Brother Cox, I don't think I can resist the devil just by standing here thinking it. But I'm going to have to speak some devil. You a liar. Devil, you don't have a place here. Devil, get out of Dodge. Amen. And so we need to use this voice to quote the scripture. Jesus defeated the adversary with the word of God. I want to open the altars to give us a few moments to pray. And Lord, help us tonight to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Help us tonight, Lord Jesus. 
Oh, God, to exercise your word, your promise. Help us 